Matthew chapter 3, remain standing. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to begin there, and then we're going to catapult into the water. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. When I'm done with this message, for those of you that are, are getting baptized, we're going to let you leave a little early and prepare yourself uh, for that. Go get changed, and then we have some seats right out there for you. And we have seats out there for everyone, but in particular, you'll see those who are getting baptized, seats just for you. And we did this right after our fresh start as well. And in actually a couple of weeks, we're going to be giving out some graduation certificates for those that graduated our fresh start. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. Verse 13 says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That's a very important part right there. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell them you are his beloved. Then you may be seated. The act of water baptism or being immersed in water in the response to receiving salvation is very important in the first step of the Christian life. And in here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, we see the Lord Jesus himself coming to his cousin John to be baptized. And he says why? He says, in order to fulfill all righteousness. He then went on to establish baptism as an eternal ordinance for his church, calling that every believer should follow in his footsteps. And you can read it there in Matthew chapter 28. And for those of you that love to take notes, I'm going to give a lot of scriptures here, and then we're going to conclude. In our modernized society, many times within Christian Within our Christian comfort zone, many times it is sad to say that we, take, we tend to take God's commandments far too lightly. Chuck Colson even said this. He said, most Westerners take baptism for granted. But for many in the world, the act requires immense courage. In countries like Nepal, it once meant imprisonment. For the Soviet or for the Chinese or Eastern Bloc believers, it was like signing their very own death warrant just to be baptized. See, a wedding ring is an outward sign of a person who is married. A military uniform is an outward sign of a person who is involved that, with that particular branch of service. Similarly, water baptism is a symbol designed by God to identify a person as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what this is. Now, I want to be very clear. When I use this word symbol, I use it here with caution. And because many times we say it's just a symbol, but it could take away from the depth and even the beauty of water baptism. See, baptism is a symbol, but it is so much more than just that. See, when we are saved, we are spiritually baptized into Christ and into his body, which is the church. See, baptism in water is an outward representation of the inward realities. 
See, in biblical symbolism, water represents inner cleansing. Somebody say inner cleansing. Someone say inner cleansing. And you'll read it there in Ephesians chapter 5 and also in Hebrews chapter 10. But it also symbolized a spiritual rebirth. Somebody say spiritual rebirth. Tell your neighbor, spiritual rebirth. Both of which are central themes of baptism. Now, water baptism, in essence, is this. You know what water baptism is? It is a funeral. It's a funeral. It is an act of faith in which we testify both to God and the world that the person we were before is dead and buried, and we are now raised again into the new creation in Christ. The dead is gone. Tell your neighbor, the dead is gone. Now, here's a few scriptures I want to give you just real fast that symbolizes that. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. See, baptism is also a command. Did you know that? This is very important. I'm kind of giving something. I'm giving a lot of teaching here because it's very important. Because I want to make sure we understand. Baptism is a commandment, not an option. It's an option. It's not an option. Tell your neighbor, not an option. It's an act that God requires every believer. In fact, Jesus' last recorded words on earth were this. In Mark chapter 16, you could read it here. In verse 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, let's think about that for a quick moment. Jesus' very call to believe on him includes a call to be baptized. He puts it in that category. And if he puts it in that category, don't you think that it's kind of something important to be able to do? So, in other words, if you are a believer, it's very important to put that belief to baptism. Saying, you know what, I want to get rid of the old and I want to be a new creation. Throughout scripture, baptism immediately followed a person's salvation. They didn't see it as something to be delayed or even to be put off. And many times you will see it even here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 reads it here in this or records it here in the scripture that when the people respond to Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, the first thing he instructs them to do is to repent and, repent and be baptized. See, baptism was very important even there on the day of the Pentecost. And even in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, he said, it says that the people there were listening and they gladly received his word and they were baptized baptized. In Acts chapter 8, you'll read it there in the accounts of verse 26 through 40. It's the account of Philip leading the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. When they were finished discussing their their, their subjects, the eunuch enthusiastically asked, he says this, he says, what is hindering me from being baptized? You know what Philip said? He says, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. Then what happens? They come to a body of water and then Philip promptly baptizes him. In Acts chapter 22, the first thing the apostle Paul is told to do after his conversion was to be baptized. There's so many other instances all throughout the scriptures you will find in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 16, 
uh, Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 19. And in each of these cases, you will notice the sense of urgency when it comes to being baptized. See, these people all responded to Jesus in simple faith. Somebody say simple faith. Now, what's very important is that these people didn't see their faith as complete until they had obeyed God by being baptized. Now, you got to keep in mind, faith without works is, the Bible says there in James chapter 2. So a living faith produces an obedient heart. A living faith produces an obedient heart, and you'll find it there in Matthew chapter 7, Luke chapter 6. And water baptism is to be our first act of obedience. After all, if our walk with God didn't begin with the most basic act of obedience, if, God, if it got off to a faulty foundation in the first place, we ourselves could find ourselves with a shaky foundation. See, when it comes to being baptized, we want to walk in obedience. Somebody say obedience. See, baptism is a very special way of God communicating his love to us. When we receive God's saving grace, it is no accident that he calls us to identify with him and to make it real to us. So here this morning, when it comes to the things of this world, trying to overtake and trying to take in and, and keep our minds set to the ways of this world, when we get baptized, we are saying, no longer do I want to act in the ways of the world, but I want to be obedient and come under the subjection of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When these men and women get into the water, they are being, number one, obedient to Christ and saying also, I don't want to be the old man or old woman that I once was, and I want to let everyone know that I am a new creation. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, therefore, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, somebody say the old. That, that means the old moral compass, the old way of thinking, the old spiritual condition. It has passed away, and behold, the fresh and the new has come. This is something that we need to have within our beings. See, in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. It is a simple one, but it is a profound act of obedience that we get to carry for the rest of our lives. And I want to encourage those of you here this morning, if you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. You need to take into account what the Lord has done for you. Now, if you're saying, well, I love God. Listen, there are many people that love God, but they don't obey God. The obedience of the baptism is saying, not only do I love him, but I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my everything. See, there are many people, and you will find it there in the scriptures, that say, God is my Savior, but is he your Lord? He is my Savior, but is he your King? Is he the one that you will follow? When the people here this morning, when they get baptized, they are saying, Jesus is not just my Savior, but he is my Lord. He is my everything. He is my king. He is the one that I want to follow the rest of my days. Come on, if you want to follow Jesus the rest of your days, can you give the Lord a hand of praise? So this is very important for us as Christians in being water baptized. And allowing God to be our Lord. Now, for those of you that are getting baptized, I want to dismiss you right now. We're going to give you that opportunity to go ahead and change and get ready. 
and we're going to come and we're going to conclude this part of the service. I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come right now. And we're going to conclude this part of the service here. But we're going to take this baptism and we're going to take this act of obedience as a living faith that shares an obedient heart. A living faith, an active faith that shares an obedient heart. I want to ask, how many of you, you've been baptized? Raise your hand. You have been baptized. Oh, look at that. See, that to me is, is very important to a health of a church. Because many times people look at the church and they look at attendees. They look at attendees. In other words, how many came to the church? No, 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 no. When it comes to the church or the body of Christ or, or the attendance of it, it's not how many came to church, it's how many are the church. Are you, are you hearing me here this morning? It's very important. I, I know I'm giving you doctrinal stuff as well. Some of you are like, it's over your head. This shouldn't be over your head. This should be in your hearts. You need to study. You need to, I gave you a lot of scriptures, not so you could say, hey, I heard pastor give me a scripture one time, and that's what the Bible says. No, I gave you a scripture to study it. Study the scriptures. Study these things. The Bible says study to show thyself. You know what approval is? Approval is so that everyone else can say, this is good. When I go to the store and I look at the meat, I look for the stamp. Right? I look for the stamp. Show me the stamp. I want to see where the date. I want to see this expiration date here. Show me the seal. I want to make sure. Is this FDA approved? Is it? I want to make sure the seal on this meat is going to be what I'm about to take in. Study to show thyself. Are you a disciple? Study. Are you a disciple? Be baptized. Just don't say, well, I'm a disciple because I go to church. No, 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 no. There's a lot of attendees. But the health of a church is not determined by attendance. The health of a church is by finding out who are the church, who is the church. And by those, it is those who are baptized. So once again, I want to admonish you. For those of you that say, you know what, I've never been baptized. If you want to be baptized and you didn't take the class, you say, well, I didn't take the class. I, I can't get baptized. If you still want to get baptized, I will baptize you today. I'll baptize. I don't, we, we don't need this whole thing. The Bible says that when many of these people, they had a discussion. They talked about it, right? So guess what? We just talked. I gave you a little talk. Not a pep talk. I give you a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Because we talked about your faith. We talked about this. This is very important. So again, I know the, the men and women that just left here, they had a class. And they were able to uh, have a good little talk with Pastor Daryl. We were able to share some things, talk. Okay, this is what water baptism is. And went into depth with it. But here today, I didn't really go into depth. I gave you a lot of scriptures. But I also wanted to make it very clear that in a, a, a living faith with this act of obedience, they come together. They come together. This is why faith, where faith and works meet right here, the baptism, where they meet. They come together. They don't just come and clash. They actually gel. There's a cohesiveness that comes together. So here today, again, if you want to get baptized, we will baptize you. I will baptize you because we've had this. So this is very important. Again, for those of you that are here to witness the baptism, we're so excited that you're able to witness with your family and with your friends. Uh, if you are visiting with us for the first time, this is very, very important. This isn't... I want to make this very clear. This is not a dip in the pool. Okay? I want to make this very clear because a lot of people think, well, what's the big deal? It's just water. In it. No, no. The symbolism. Because if that was the case, well, it's just marriage. Why well, you got to have a wedding ceremony. No, it's very important. 
The ceremony is important. What we're about to witness right now is a ceremony of the marriage between a man and a woman and their Savior. That's what it is. We're, we're going to a ceremony. So thank you for dressing up. Thank you for coming. That's what we're doing right here, right now. And so these men and these women, they're saying, okay, God, you're not just not my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my everything. And I want to show everyone in the world that you're my Savior, that you're my Lord. And we're going to have that here today. Can I hear an amen? Stand with me here this morning.